whatever happens, don't let them get it. Tell the FBI what name. 129. Run! Welcome back to another episode of THR Presents Stream Themes. I'm your host, Brian. With me, as always, is my brother, Nez. What's up, man? Yo, what's up, everybody? We are back. Um, Before we dive into the film, year and a half. um, Finally got on an airplane. (laughs) Finally went to a, a convention. And to wrap it all up. Uh, went to the movie theater all in one day, everybody. Yeah, we when we recorded the show, we wanted you on uh, to talk about the convention. And I wanted to ask you about Howard the Duck because that was, was a little too realistic for me. <laughs> uh, the, the little guy uh, the, that it was, I mean, I saw him when we first got there and I was like, whoa, Howard the Duck. And then uh, I saw him again, so I, t- I took a picture of him. And... Uh, my my wife was like, "Why is Howard the Duck there?" I was like, "Why not?" <laughs> so, but, um, the plane ride. I think I was more uh, anxiety was up for that, but um, I was all right once we got on, and uh, it was pretty much a full flight. But we nobody sat in the the row we were in, so it was just the two of us. My son went with me. We got down there. Jumped in the Uber, went over to um, the Plaza Hotel, a.k.a. Biff's uh, Paradise Palace or whatever he called it in Back <laughs> to the Future 2. <laughs> Eric didn't even, he hasn't seen the Back to the Future movies either. I said, this is Biff's. He was like, who? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> But um, that is an old casino. It's in the old part of Vegas, uh, right at the end of Fremont Street. And pandemic must be over down there because nobody was wearing a mask (laughs) well i'll I'll take that back i mean people did have them on but it was like nose hanging out or it was under their chin and i was like all right man whatever everyone was pretty spread out outside but it was just okay and there was signs everywhere saying that uh, if you are vaccinated fully vaccinated you can uh, go without a mask and all that, but I'm like, nah, I'm good. Uh, I'll wear mine. So Who's to say that they're gonna say that? I mean, anybody could say they're vaccinated. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, I, th- I think it's just gonna be a big problem for. Uh, I'm vaccinated, and you, the only way you can prove it is if you pull out that card, but you're not gonna carry it with you and. Uh, there's already guys making fake ones. Yeah, I was about to say. I heard, uh, heard in Cali, uh, get you a fake uh, vaccination card. Some bar had them, and then I guess the FBI rolled in there and busted them all. So, but, um, but the con itself, it was uh, the Days of the Dead, Las Vegas. Uh, this is one of those cons that kind of travels from here, here and there. 
uh, throughout the country. Um, I want to say, I think Indianapolis is the next stop. Uh, no desire to go to Indianapolis. I've been there once for Star Wars Celebration, and there was nothing out there. <laughs> it was just flat. <laughs> but uh, I did have a good time out there. Um, but the con, it was on the third floor. It wasn't. It wasn't very big. We almost didn't get in because they were saying that, uh, oh, it's sold out. And uh, I was ready to say start saying stuff because on their Facebook page, their official Facebook page, they said, yeah, we're selling tickets at the door. So I'm like, all right, cool. Got there and they said, no, we're not selling at the door. I was like, what? But the lady goes, she goes, but stick around. Um, we probably will. So just wait. And I'm like, oh, okay. So we only waited like maybe about 20 minutes. Um, there was probably about 40, 50 people in line. And once they all went in, some guy came out and said, yeah, go ahead, sell tickets. So we we jumped right in, jumped right back into the line, and uh, we got in. So hardly there was hardly anyone in there when we first went. So we kind of did the, the the exhibit hall, just ran through there, mm-hmm. uh, looked around. We I wanted to do one full round before I started buying everything. <laughs> so um, I didn't go too crazy. Got some stuff for my grandsons, just T-shirts. And uh, Eric, he went hog wild. I mean, this this is his first horror convention. He's been to San Diego Comic-Con uh, a couple times, so he knows how big that is. And this, I, t- I said, this is small, so don't, don't expect San Diego. So he's into horror movies like all my kids are. I'm, I'm sure my grandsons will, too. I've uh, come being in this house. You, Mandatory to watch horror films. Yeah, I see. I see. Your son was wearing a nice uh, Michael Myers mask. Yeah, Eric. Uh, Eric, he he bought one. Um, shout out to uh, Nightmare Toys in, in Las Vegas. That's where that was the first booth we went in there. And he saw it. He goes, "I want that mask." They had that one, and then they had the the one from the newer movie. Mm. And uh, it was like, I think he paid like sixty. But if that same exact mask, if you bought it uh, during the Halloween season at Spirit, it was like a hundred and twenty. Oh yeah. I was like, well, he was like, he that's like, I'm buying it because I ain't paying a hundred dollars. So <laughs> he's got he had just money burning a hole in his pocket. This little guy just saves and saves and saves. So I was like, man, it's your money. Go do what you want. So he picked up um, a bunch of stuff for for his collection, and I found some things and. But it was good to uh, talk to um, Felissa Rose for a little bit. Uh, Angela from Sleepaway Camp. Nice. She was really cool. Uh, Tom Matthews from uh, Friday 13th Part 6. Jason Lives. And he was also in the first two uh, Return of the Living Dead films. And he reprised his role as uh, Tommy Jarvis in uh, Never Hike Alone and then Never Hike in the Snow. I had to ask him about that. I said, how did you get involved in that? Did we do that for 31 days? Yeah, oh, 31. Okay, I, I don't remember. <laughs> so many shows we do. Um, and I asked him, I said, how did you get involved in that? And then he was like, well, his friend knew someone that was helping make that movie. And, uh, and he was like, hey, man, I... I heard you. Or he was he was talking to his friend. I guess his friend, whoever was helping making that film, 
was a friend uh, or, or knew somebody that knew Tom Matthews. So when he found out that he knew him, he's like, hey, do you think um, you can get the script to him? If, uh, if See if he would be a part of it. And he was like, he 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 got he got the message uh, from his friend, and he was like, "It's a fan made movie, and I don't know." And and they were like, "Come on, man, it's it's just a favor." And it's like, "All right." He read the script, and he was like, "Oh, cool. This this sounds all right." So that's how he he got involved with it. And then I said, and that was when they filmed the first one. And he goes, and then we did the second one. And uh, they're getting ready to start shooting the third one because he said they didn't start yet. So I was like, oh, OK, good. I said, because I was I was stoked uh, with that first one when you popped up in it. And then when you came back in the second one with the uh, the sheriff from the well, he was the deputy in part six. The Yabang. Yabang. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> he goes, yeah, he got him involved. He was the one who was like, man, this is awesome, dude. Well, you should come in, too. So I was like, yeah, sure. So that's how they both got into it. But they were really cool. Oh, uh, if you guys were listening to uh, ESP at the movies, when uh, Brian and I covered the, the 40th anniversary of Friday the 13th Part 2, remember when we were talking about we weren't too sure if the ending was happened or not or if it was all in Jeannie's head? Yeah. I asked uh, Warrington Gillette. He was there. Okay. And uh, I said, I asked him, I said, I said, a lot of people talk about this. We weren't sure if the ending really happened. Like, was it in her head? Was it not in her head? He was like, it happened because I was there. I was like, I don't know. I don't even think he knew. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, man, you you should have been one of the ones to to, to confirm it, uh, at least to me. But he was kind of like, yeah, maybe. I was like, oh, but he was really cool. Um, he gave us a little soundbite uh, for the latest East Society episode, episode 219. It's the very first thing you hear. <laughs> and it was funny. He called us the the easy society. So <laughs> but, uh, he was really cool. Felissa Rose was cool. Tom Matthews was cool. Uh, we went to the Dream Warriors panel. Uh, that was really cool. I had my son watch the movie right uh, the night before we went. Uh, so he knew who uh, who those guys were um, in the movie. It was pretty much all of them except for Patricia Arquette. And uh, Heather Langenkamp was supposed to be there, but she canceled. So it was all the other ones. So that, that was really cool listening to them. And then we stuck around for Tony Moran. Uh, he played Michael Myers or one of the guys that played Michael Myers in the very first uh, John Carpenter's Halloween. And uh, he just, he was a cool guy, man. He told his story. He goes, I only shot for one day. And I was only in the movie for like two seconds. But he said, everyone loves when they meet me and this and that. And I'm like, well, right on, cool. So he had a good story, man, for just being in that movie for a few seconds. I mean, he, he had a lot to say about it. So that, that was a really cool panel. And then after that, we kind of just, those are the only two panels we went to. Sunday was a Friday the 13th one, but we only went for, for one day. But um, to wrap it all up, the con was fun. I definitely want to go again next year. Hopefully, we'll be back at somewhat normal life and everything. So 
Nice. Uh, it was really cool. I, I want to definitely want to go back down to Vegas again to uh, Nightmare Toys. They actually have a store because um, they had just some of their stuff. And the, the guy I was talking to, and shout out to uh, Nightmare Christie. She was like, yeah, come to the store. She goes, we got a ton more stuff. So I'm like, ah, you make me fly back down here. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. It, it was really cool to go to a con again. I mean, it was, I couldn't believe it. I mean, when we got there, once when we walked through that door, I'm like, wow. I mean, it's, it's like nothing, nothing changed other than everyone's. <laughs> Got a mask on. Well, it was like 50-50 in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, the big question, did you tell Daniel Harris? I said, what's up? Uh, I saw her, but there was like too many little horny guys crowding Damn. around her table. <laughs> so I was, she was there, man. She was, she was pretty busy. Um, who else was there other than all the Dream Warriors? Tom Sizemore was there. Uh, CJ Graham. The guy that played Jason in, mm-hmm. uh, in part six, he was there. He's supposed to be coming up here for a con. All oh, right, on. He's really cool. If you uh, if you go and, and you meet him, he, he was, I met him before. He was really cool. Um, the lady that played uh, Chrissy in uh, Jaws, the first one, mm-hmm. she was there. Um, Daniel Harris, Tom Tom Sizemore. I think I said that already. Um. Oh, um, Elliot and, and uh, his brother from E.T. Henry oh, nice. Th- Henry Thomas and um, I can't remember his brother's name. <laughs> Michael, I think. I don't remember his name in the movie, but he was there as well as D. Wallace. She was there, too. And uh, they always had tons of people crowded around the table. They'll also be in uh, a Texas Frightmare. Yes. So, but. Um, I was looking at Henry Thomas and I was like, man, he's, he's getting old. (laughs) Elliot uh, is is getting up there in age. Uh, how old is this kid? Well, he's the same age as me. 49. Uh, he's actually, uh, he was born September 9th. I was born on the 17th. So, all right. Same month. I did not know that, but, uh, yeah. Oh, other than that, it, it was, it was an awesome time. Uh, hopefully I can go down to uh, Houston next month to uh, the Houston Horror Film Festival and their little con and everything they're having there. Nice. So uh, hopefully uh, Brother Lance and Philip will go uh, as well. I'm going to make them go. So uh, You know Lance has no problem going. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it was cool. But speaking of Henry Thomas, everyone, let's uh, get oh, into what real, we're here Real quick, for. time out. All right, go uh, for it. I posted, uh, this probably should be for the horror ret- or the action returns, but I posted the Snake Eyes trailer, and I noticed uh, you you did a little angry face emoji thing. Well, if you guys already listened to the latest E-Society, I went <laughs> off on it. All right, well, what happened? What? Well, what's your knowledge of Snake Eyes? I are, uh, I know there's, they've changed... The origin, but my recollection, I could be wrong, was I know he did the training and stuff like that with uh, with uh, Storm Shadow, and they trained together, and then he later joined the, the Joes, and my information's very limited to that. Did you read the comic books, the um, original G.I. Joe Real American Hero 
series? Uh, probably, but that was probably back in the day. It's all right. My my knowledge of of Snake Eyes the character was to G.I. Joe, the real American hero comic book series Marvel put out back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't know any of the who any of these characters were. I was like, oh cool, G.I. Joe. I knew G.I. Joe. I mean that's that was something that uh my brother grew up with and, and probably when my dad was, was younger. Uh, the original G.I. Joe stuff. And then this was the eighties the version of it. They, they, it was first a comic book before it became a TV series and before it became toys and everything. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy named Snake Eyes in it, but he was like a mystery. He didn't talk. He always wore his mask. We never knew what his face looked like. And I was like, oh, man, this I was all about this character. I just thought he was badass. It was before he had the katana sword and everything. And, and how he looks now in the last two movies and how he looks in this. And all the toys and everything. He didn't look like how that. He did look like that later on. But he didn't look like that in the first series of books. And the first uh, go around of toys. And there was uh, an origin story of him. I think it was issue 26. I think. I mean, don't don't quote me on it. But um, And it told the story of, of how he became snake eyes he was a, he was a vietnam vet uh he was a, a white guy blonde hair blue eyed and uh he got all jacked up i think he was saving stalker and scarlet during the war um and storm shadow was with him as well uh but he wasn't storm shadow i can't remember his name uh and he got his face all jacked up um mm-hmm. during the war and he it something something happened to him like he got hurt so bad that he couldn't talk anymore it messed up his his his, uh, his throat and everything so he was just kind of a mystery he didn't talk face always covered his face and then that's when he went and, and joined uh, the the ninja thing and storm shadow's master trained snake eyes but then kind of storm shadow was kind of getting mad that his master was kind of more leaning towards uh, snake eyes and everything. But that was probably one of the reasons. I can't remember really, but I think that was one of the reasons why Storm Shadow uh, joined up uh, with Cobra. So I'm like, okay, that's my knowledge of it from the comic books. And and that was the origin story I was told when I was a kid. I, did, I knew they were making this movie. And then I saw the trailer. And when I saw who was playing Snake Eyes, nothing against Anybody acting in this film, nothing against any of them. But as far as a martial arts film, it's probably going to be pretty badass. And, and I know I'm, I'm I know I'll enjoy it. But this is not the origin story of Snake Eyes. Um, I was just like. I've said this many times when they're dealing with comic book movies, you got the fucking source material. Why can't you at least look at that before? You make anything. I mean, yes, they changed the race of many characters uh, throughout the, the MCU and, and all that, but even in the DCEU. But I was like, ah, this is not the Snake Eyes that that I know and that I grew up with. 
So that was that was my main thing. I was like, oh, really? This is what you're doing? He he talks, and there's nothing wrong with his face, and and I'm like, uh, I, I don't know what they're doing. Everybody, nothing yet. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, I, I'm I'm all about it. I think this. I think I'm gonna predict you're gonna give this a ten. Oh, you're going to give this a hero. I, I said that when we were talking about that. I okay. said, I'm, I said, I know I'm going to enjoy it because I love these martial arts ninja movies. I said, I, I said, I, I know that. I mean, I thought Ray Park did a badass job in the, the first two uh, G.I. Joe films. I mean, they were what they were. But I mean, even the guy that uh, there was Storm Shadow on that, he was badass. Mm-hmm. And I mean, watching the trailer again, all the fighting looks amazing. So, I mean, I'm going to love that. But I'm just like, why are you changing the origin story? He didn't have to be a Vietnam vet. He could have been a a, um, uh, a vet from the, either Afghanistan or Iraq or all the stuff that's going on now over there. Mm-hmm. I doubt it's okay. Change that because you're going to be up, up to updating version. But I'm like, that was the... The mystery of Snake Eyes. I mean, he, he was some somebody we didn't know about. The military hid his identity, and when he joined uh, GI Joe, they just didn't know. And the only thing, the the only one who kind of really knew about him was Rain, or Stalker and and Scarlet, Scarlet mainly. And it's good that sh- that character is gonna. Uh, uh, what's her name? Yeah, my girl. Samara, yeah. Yeah, about so that. I'm like, cool. I'm right. I mean, I, I love her. So, yeah, just dye her hair red. She and better not be blonde. She better Andrew, have red hair. <laughs> Andrew Koji is going to be Storm Shadow. He's badass. You, you ever yeah. watch, that, you watch that show, um, Warrior? Yeah. yeah. I just started that. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that's why I'm like, I have nothing against anybody that's in this movie. Or I'm nothing against the guy that's playing Snake Eyes. I'm just like, why are you changing it so much? So, but I'm just going to, all right, I just got to accept it. And mm, I don't know. I mean, this ninja, from what, from what I remember, this ninja uh, clan, they were real secretive. They didn't, they didn't show the, I can't remember the, the name of the, the, what they were called, but that tattoo that's on their arms. Mm-hmm. What killed me is, especially in the movies and the later versions in the comic books, they were really highlighting that that uh, insignia for, for their ninja clan. I was like, come on! I mean, the the what what I loved about it is uh, at the very end of issue twenty one, GI Joe uh, Silent Interlude, when we first got introduced to Snake Eyes, when Snake Eyes uh, Scarlet was captured by Storm Shadow and Cobra and all that, and he had to go in there. and and rescue her as he's flying off. Cause after snake eyes and Scarlet just beat the shit out of all these ninjas and everything, mainly snake eyes, snake eyes is flying off with, um, uh, Scarlet, uh, after he saved the day and his, his uniform was ripped and we see that tattoo on his arm. And then we see in the next cell, we see storm shadow, uh, looking up at what looking, seeing snake eyes fly away. And the, his little wrappings that are around his wrist, are falling off because of uh, just we're during battle and we see that same tattoo on it. So we were, I, at the, I remember at the end of that book, I was like, what is this? And we didn't get that story until later on 
when they did the origin story of Snake Eyes and we found out that he 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 knew Storm Shadow before and he he Storm Shadow was the one that got him to be one of uh I know someone's yelling I I can't remember the name of the ninja clan. Um and when that's how Snake Eyes got a part of that. So it, it was just all a big mystery and this I I don't know what they're doing uh, with with the the characters but it's going to be great. Um, I'm hoping so. It better be better than those first two G.I. Joe movies because those ones were terrible. Oh, let me say one name here. Eco U.A.'s. Oh, yeah. I saw him. Hard Master. I saw him in there. I'm like, oh, yeah. That's um, what... And Peter Mensa is Blind Master. Yeah. That guy, that guy wrote Jason all the way into the atmosphere and Jason X. Badass. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I... That's why I have nothing against anybody that's in it. And the fight, little bit of fighting they showed us, and, and uh, they said this is a teaser trailer. Um, it looks awesome, but I was just like, this ain't Snake Eyes. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know what they're doing. Um, is is this going to lead into another G.I. Joe movie? I, I, I don't know. From what I, I understand, so. it's supposed to go into a, ser- a, a series which I think they're kind of doing the the Marvel thing with the movies and the series that are connected. Hmm. Uh, who's going to put this out? Paramount? Uh, they do it? Pro- probably. I would, yeah, Paramount Pictures is doing this. I mean, they got Paramount Plus. Yeah, put it on there. Um, But it's going to be PG-13 because they're targeting kids with okay. this. Gotta sell those toys. Yeah, I'll buy those toys. I mean, I I love Storm Shadow and I love Snake Eyes, but I was just more mad at the this origin story they're they're telling. I mean, this this isn't Snake Eyes. He was a mystery to everybody, and uh, that's why I'm like, this. There's no mystery to this guy. We know who he is, and we'll know his name, and he talks. Yeah, so I was like, oh. <laughs> so, but. I don't know, everyone. That's just me. I mean, that's the the my knowledge of of the books when I was a kid, and loving that character. And then, I mean, I was juiced when we first got that first GI Joe movie. I'm like, oh my god, Ray Park's gonna be Snake Eyes, and we get in a live action GI Joe movie after all this time. And then, uh, oh. and then, <laughs> then, then you found out Marlon was in it. Oh, and then uh, what's his name? Um, as Cobra, I don't even know who that. That was not Cobra. Uh, uh, Jay uh, Gordy Lev's. Mm, That's what I call him. When we he out. was not Cobra, <laughs> and uh, I didn't mind the guy that played Destro, but that that origin of Destro is not the one from the books. I was like, oh, really? I was like, come <laughs> on. But and then the Rock as Roadblock. I let that slide because it was The Rock, but it still didn't save the movie. Um, you, didn't, you didn't like Bruce Willis as the original Joe? Oh, that's right. He was. He came up at the end, didn't he? Yeah, when he was just taking whatever movie check. Yeah, but then we never got anything after that. I have both of those movies. I'm going to have to. Well, I guess we're going to have to do them then. <laughs> yeah. We'll do them before Snake Eyes comes out. When does Snake Eyes come out? I, I didn't uh, pay attention. Me- July 23rd. Okay. But 
But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, everyone, even Theo said that. He's like, did you know you're going to like it? I said, of course I'm going to like it. It's G.I. Joe and it's a martial arts film plus ninjas. I mean, that's that's awesome. I love ninja movies. I mean, even the old uh, cheesy 80s ninja movies. Mm-hmm. I, I loved all those. I have those in, in my collection, but I'm just more mad that this is the, the origin story that they're telling is wrong. Um, So... Because one of my friends would go, oh, man, did you see that Snake Eyes trailer? It looks awesome. He doesn't know anything about Snake Eyes. So I was like, ah. But I'm going to see it. And I guarantee you I'm going to enjoy it. For for the before everyone, oh, you were talking shit. And you said you were going to hate it. I, didn't, I never said I'm going to hate it. I just hate that they're changing the origin story. That's my only problem with it. Yeah. So, but. Uh, I, just, I just had to ask, but we all can agree on it'll be better than Venom. Let there be carnage. Uh, I don't even want to get into that. Listen to our... our <laughs> we broke down the trailer. Um, I don't know what we did. Just uh, well, if, we I, ever, if we ever start the comedy returns, then we'll review that one. I, 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 know, I don't know what they were doing in the beginning. Uh, I know it's going to be better than the first one. Because that first one was garbage. I don't think so. I, I think it's the, too much comedy. I don't know what this voice Venom is. He sounds like Cookie Monster. Rawr, 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 rawr. You know, I, I just. Uh. Uh, <laughs> the damage was already done in the first movie. And I don't care what anybody says. Nobody can sell that movie to me. That movie was terrible. Nothing against Tom Hardy or anybody that was in it. I just thought it was garbage. But. I don't know. Um, just just give Spider-Man to the to to Disney. They'll so they never can... give it ever. No, they ain't. Um, uh, I I thought they were gonna. It, I thought there was gonna be a chance after those first four Spider or five Spider-Man movies, and then they hit it out of the park with uh, Far From Home and uh, Homecoming. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But Tom, yeah, Sony. Well, let's, let's get into your pick here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back to Henry Thomas. Uh, this is a film uh, that uh, I picked. I hadn't seen it in a while. It was on. I think it's on Disney Plus as well as um, Paramount Plus or one of those ones. <laughs> I can't remember. Peacock. I watched it on Peacock. Okay. Well, I think yeah. I guess it was on. I don't remember. But anyway, this is a 1984's Cloak and Dagger. His game is make-believe. Their game is murder, spying, and sabotage. This is starting to get good. What? Just like Cloak and Dagger. Now any move could be his last. Trying to kill us. Come on, this is Cloak and Dagger. For real, it's what you always wanted. Cloak and Dagger. Now playing at a theater near you. Consult your local listing. This stars Henry Thomas, Dabney Coleman, Christina Negra, uh, a young William Forsythe, uh, Jeanette Nolan, John McIntyre, and then a bunch of other people. All right. With his mother dead and his father, Hal Osborne, uh, Dabney Coleman, busy working, 11-year-old Davy spends his time Immersed in video games, often dreaming up uh, espionage stories featuring imaginary spy Jack Flack. 
When Davies sees the murder of an FBI agent, the dying man hands him an Atari video game cartridge with military secrets. No one believes his story, and Davy is forced to go on the run, escaping from attempts on his life with Black's guidance. Came out July 13, 1984. Um, I believe this came out the same time as, um, was it The Last Starfighter? Yeah, it came out as a double feature. All right, yeah. I I didn't see this in the theater. I ended up went, going to see Last Starfighter because I was more into sci-fi and them, they kept advertising the, uh, oh, it's, it wasn't the first movie that used CGI, but it was now with amazing CGI computer effects. And that, <laughs> that drew me in. Plus, the uh, last Starfighter is a badass movie. Uh, anyway, this is directed by Richard Franklin. And let's go over to IMDb really quick and see what they have to say. They never write uh, a whole paragraph of... Uh, what this film is uh, all right. A young boy and his imaginary friend end up on the run while on a while in possession of a top secret spy gadget. Okay. Uh screenplay was uh Tom Holland. You guys know him, not Spider Man, the uh guy that did um Friday Night and uh, yeah. uh what's his name? Charles Lee Ray. Child's play and um bunch of other things. Um alrighty. Uh, Brian, when did you first see this? I seen this one time before when I was super young. So on this rewatch, it was almost like the first time. And I fucking love this movie. It is. It's so of its time period because they have no problem trying to murder children in this movie. And this is, is this PG-13? Uh, P- PG. PG, yes. Somebody gets shot in his face, and you see him later. This is a PG movie, folks, from the 80s. And I just, I, I love this whole storyline of how he has this imaginary friend that he's created because he likes these like spy type adventures and video games. And, you know, the, the mom passed away and the dad's not really around in his life. And so he just creates this character, which is so interesting because he walks around talking to nobody and nobody ever says anything about this kid just walking around talking to thin air. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it was that time. And, you know, you got, you got kids taking the bus to the airport and nobody's questioning anything in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow. And, <laughs> but I, I thought, I thought that it had, it had good moments in it. it you know, this is definitely a, a spy adventure movie for children, but there are times when it, it gets a little, it, there's no way this movie would fly today if they made it this way. You could not get away with no PG rating because they, they got goons that are chasing this kid to, to get this uh, game cartridge back because it has secret codes in it. And they have no problem trying to murder this kid. I mean, they're shooting at him in broad daylight and just whatever. And I I don't, I don't know, maybe because that aspect of it uh, it's something that you wouldn't get today. I think that's why I appreciate it more because they were, they were going for it back then. And now, nowadays I I think they kind of just 
not you try not to go there because everything's so PC. And um, yeah, this this rewatch, which I'm gonna just say it was a first time watch for me because it, it just felt like that. Uh, I had a great time watching it. Ooh, okay, let me read this really quick. This is uh, what it says on the poster. Um, Davy Osborne it, he's like, is playing for keeps, and then there's this huge paragraph. Uh, it begins just as another harmless game he played many times. The top secret documents fell into his hands, and real bullets started flying. Now he is being pursued by deadly enemies, and they are not playing around. But no one will believe his incredible story. In fact, there's only one person left that can save him. A legendary agent, Flack. And time is running out. Yeah, I, I am with you on the... Um, this is This was targeted to kids. <laughs> and what was going on in this was like... Whoa. <laughs> so, I mean, did Davey had to, he had to put that work in with the, with the pistol. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, they're, these guys, these spies are trying, trying to kill kids, two little kids <laughs> and everything. So I was, I was like, whoa, I mean, but as far as the, the whole story uh, of Davey, just um, imagining, playing uh, role playing games uh, and I'm sure he he grew up with uh, like James Bond. For me, what I what I loved about this film is, yeah, watching James Bond films, watching those cowboy adventure films, and and everything, watching Rambo and all that, and and Chuck Norris and the Mission in Action films, and like, man, you wanting to get in into these adventures, um, especially James Bond because he had all these cool ass gadgets, and then. Get the girl, save the world, uh, and all this. So that's how he was imagining. He was playing these games, these video games, playing the the board games and everything. I liked that uh, he did that. I mean, that that's how I was. And then when I was watching this film uh, as a little kid, um, I think I was like thirteen, no, twelve or thirteen. I was uh, eighty four. I was thirteen. So, but I still have that imagination. Of like, wow, I mean, and that was another reason why I love uh, Last Action Hero, because that was mm. a kid. He loves movies and he wanted to be in these movies. We all did when we were kids. I know everyone hates that movie. I love Last Action Hero. <laughs> so, but I mean, that's why I love about this one. He he was a kid and he had this uh, imaginary friend. I think I think what they were trying to say with that and because Dabney Coleman played uh, his dad. Um, Hal Osborne, as well as Davy's imaginary friend Jack Flack. So I I want to say that um Davy wanted this this bond with his dad because his mom had passed away, and he he wanted this connection with his dad, but his dad was in the military and he was always too busy for him. And these are the days like, hey, well, I'm going to work and you're 11 years old and you can just stay home by yourself. We never left our kids <laughs> home alone when they were 11 years old. Um, but my mom and dad, I remember still being in kindergarten and being at home by myself. I was the latchkey kid. So, but <clears throat> so different times, everyone uh, in the 80s. 
So, but I loved what was going on in this thing and, and watching this film again, um, the, uh, Atari was a 5,200. Um, this, I think it was the third Atari system. I know there was another one before the 26, but, um, I want to say this was the, the, the second one or the third one because there were, the cartridges were bigger. So, I mean, I thought that was really cool. I never had a 5,200. I only had the 2,600. But um, I thought that was cool. I mean, I loved uh, what they were doing. Um, and they, they, uh, Davy and Lady Ace, Kim. Uh, her, uh, her name was Kim Gardner. Uh, his little, his little friend. I mean, I think she just played with him because they were neighbors, and she, I don't know, if she didn't have any girlfriends or whatever. But she, oh, she, she said he was nicer than the, the other boys. Yeah, because he didn't. She didn't. She kind of acted like she didn't even want to play these games. She was always feeling embarrassed uh, when he was there. But he was being a boy. I mean, that's what mm. we did. I mean, we we ran around, acted like when we could get walkie-talkies. I don't know about these ones talking all the way across town, but uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that that's what I love. He was he was being in in his in his own little head and his his adventure because the. the we're just introduced to both of them and their homes. We find out who was dad. I mean, I loved how the, how it started out in the beginning with, um, uh, Davey or, uh, Jack Flack going on a mission. I mean, even that scene right there with a lady getting shot in the chest, uh, <laughs> and, and dying right there, right there in the very beginnings of, of the film. But, uh, Jack is on a mission and he, I don't know what camera, what he was trying to get. And, he ends up killing a few people, and then as he's trying to run away from the bad guys, here come these big uh, dice in, in those games. And I remember the first time watching, it, I was like, "What the hell's happening?" That then we realize this is uh, in uh, Davy's imagination because we're playing that game. So we're introduced to Davy, we're introduced to Kim, and we're also introduced to um, what's his name, uh, William Forsythe's character Morris. Morris is a guy that runs this. A video game computer store in the mall. Um, and he's just, they, of course, they gotta make him look like the typical nerd with the big thick glasses, and uh, he, he's a, a big gentleman. So he was kind of like just Davy, like, I want to, I want some excitement, I want to get in an adventure, send us somewhere. So Morris is kind of like, All right, here, you guys, I want you to go downtown to the Textronics building. Go up to the seventh floor and get some new um, catalogs for the new games that are coming. And they're like, that's it. And then he's like, well, you want another mission? All right, go up to whatever floor and go to the vending machine and get me a pack of Twinkies. There's some secret documents are in it and, and, and get that back. So that's that's that sounds fun. Like, all right, cool. Let's 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 play imagination and act like there's a. This is our mission. So Davy's running around. He loads up his little gun. This, this is, this is all right. This part was funny too. Um, his, his little water gun in the eighties for for you young listeners. Uh, the gun, the guns and everything you guys grew up with now, like in the in the, in the toy stores or Walmart, wherever, they're either red, yellow, green, or blue, or a bright red, or something, or. Or if they have the, um, if it looks like an actual real gun, it's got the orange tip uh, mm-hmm. on it. In these days, 
the guns, the toy guns looked like real guns. So there's been many times where kids get shot because they pull those toy guns on cops and the cops don't know if they're real. So that was probably one of the main reasons why they uh, started making them all these crazy colors. But anyway, uh, so they, they show up at the building and Davy's running around hiding behind pillars and garbage cans with that gun in his hand. <laughs> so, <laughs> like today, man, if someone saw that, they'd be like, hey, ah, drop the gun. They'd start screaming, but the security guards are looking at him and like, ah, just a kid having fun. But he does, it does strike his interest because he, he walks up to him and asks him if he can help him. And then that's when he directs them up to the seventh floor. So um, I think Kim took the elevator and uh, Davey ran up the stairs. And so as he was running up the stairwell, uh, this is, I was always kind of puzzled by this. When Davey gets up to the, almost to the floor where he's supposed to go, he's looking out the window. Is that just a reflection from the building next door that he sees? At first, I think it's supposed to be, but at first I thought he was just, daydreaming or something it, it, it's a little confusing I thought it was just a reflection from the next building over but then I'm sitting there thinking that building is hella close <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know uh, oh anyway they're in uh, San Antonio Texas <laughs> so Davey's looking out the window or he can no, when uh no, they're they're in the um they're in the elevator because uh, those two guys get in, and then that's when uh, Davy sees one of them has a gun. Oh no! No, was it? No, they're about it? to get on the elevator. He sees one of them has a gun under his jacket. They okay. get in one elevator, and then his friend gets on the other one. And oh, okay, he decides to take the stairs. All right, sorry. Right. That's why he was in the stairwell. And then he's looking out the windows and he sees a reflection of the the next floor up. And it's those guys that they saw in the elevator with the gun. Uh, they're kind of arguing with uh, some some scientist looking dude. And uh, Davey's watching them. They're, they're kind of wrestling around. Then one of them pulls out a gun. Dude pumps in a couple rounds into him and Davey sees it all. So he's standing there like just like, oh, my God. And the guy that got shot runs out of the wind, runs out of the room. And then all of a sudden he hears a door open. So Davy spins around and here comes that scientist guy. I only call him a scientist guy because he had a lab coat on. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a scientist guy. <laughs> he came running down the stairs and he holds out the, the, the tape and tells him, don't don't whatever you do, don't let them get this. And and then he told him uh, um, uh, a score. And when he handed it to him, it was a the cloak and dagger uh, Atari fifty two hundred cartridge, and he tells him a score. I think it was like one million three hundred and something thousand or whatever. So he he Davy gets it. Those guys come running in, and um, uh, they start they shoot that that scientist guy again, and then he ah he falls down the the middle of the the stairwell. And then they this is when they start shooting that little eleven year old boy. <laughs> so Davy's hauling ass, uh running down the stairs. Uh he makes it to the very bottom 
and then he goes running out in he sees the body laying there and then he goes running out into the into the lobby going help help there's a murder and then everybody runs over there the security run over and they go into that room and that and that body is gone those guys must have hauled ass down the stairs picked him up and then carried him or i don't know what they did but <laughs> yeah this is when i was thinking maybe he hallucinate or not hallucinated made it all up yeah because yeah because he's, uh, he's an imaginary friend that he talks to all the time because like like brian said when when he's talking to jack flack like nobody's there so and then and they, pe- people are looking at him like what the hell's going on yeah there's he's a just scene. having full conversations yeah there's a scene when he's walking through the mall just talking to like we see jack but then when people are looking at him, he's talking to himself, but looking like off to his left or his right. <laughs> so, but um, so he goes in there and then the security guards are kind of like, hmm, they're looking at this kid like, well, I don't believe you, kid. I mean, they, I don't know how many that he must have fell at least six floors. There should have been some kind of splatter. Uh, Somebody should have heard him hit the floor. Yeah. <laughs> so. But Davey was like, no, he was right here. And then like, well, there's nothing here now. And this uh when the um the the main bad guy, spy guy comes walking down the stairs and they go, Oh, hey, Mr. Whatever, whatever. He goes, Did you see anyone in the stairwell? And he's like, No, I didn't see nobody. And then Davey kind of looks at him and then he walks out. But uh oh, earlier Davey had his little softball and he was saying it was a grenade. Because he was throwing it around as he was as he was walking up the stairwell, and uh, I don't know no kids that do this because I never I never did this. But when that uh, when Davy leaves, that that uh, that spy guy pulls a softball out of his pocket and looks at it, and it's got uh, Davy's name, pretty much his full name, David Davy Osborne G Osborne, on it, and then um, they they Davy goes back home. Kim goes home. Um, or did the the the, 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 poli- the police brought him home, right? Yeah, and she lives next door, and they just asked if she had a key to get in because you know eighties, so she's yeah. good. The uh, the head bad guy, spy guy, he was um Doctor Rice. Uh, that that's uh that was his name. So the uh, the police bring him home and kind of tell them. They tell his dad what happened, but then Davy's like, he tells his dad the whole story on what happened, and his dad just doesn't want to want to hear it. And he goes, "Man, he goes, you playing too much these playing these games, and and your your imagination is running wild." So Davy's like, "Well, here, this is the look. You, you don't believe me? Here, here's the cartridge. This is what the the spies were after. It's got secret uh, military things in it." And he goes, well, what? And he goes, oh. so he put it in his thing and, and tried playing it. And um, his dad was just like, well, here, where's the stuff you're supposed to show me? And he goes, I don't know. Maybe it's on the next level. So he's playing it and playing it and nothing's happening. And then he's like, you know what? He just turned his dad, turned it off. Look, you, you just go to bed and all that. And David's kind of like, I knew you wouldn't believe me. And um, I've oh, never ever said you. this. Yeah, I've never ever said <laughs> this to my mom or my dad, much less my mom. Because if my mom heard me say that to her, that that would have been it. Um, different times, everyone. When I was growing up, my mom would whoosh, <laughs> slap me where I stood <laughs> if I said something like that. Um, but yeah, he was just like, 
His dad, after he said, I hate you, his dad was like, I know you didn't mean that. But they kind of made up because Davey ended up sleeping uh, in his dad's bed because he was scared. Oh, no, no, no. That's when uh, somebody called, right? Uh, Was it? I think that was the next day. Uh, Yeah, so, but, well, one of those days, I mean. No, somebody did. You're right. Somebody did call, and as soon as he gave the phone to his dad, they hung up. Yeah. Because the phone rang, and then Dave was like, hello. And then he goes, is this David G. Osborne? And he's like, yeah. And like, good, or whatever the hell he said. And then he went, dad, dad, it's, it's the spies. And then he comes over, hello, click. So he's like, ah, that's enough. Come on, man. Let's uh, let's go to bed. And that's when Davey goes, hey, can I sleep with you? And he's like, ah, all right, come on. So the next day, his dad wakes up and goes, all right, well, I'm going to work. And uh, here, do you, you just. Don't don't burn the house down or whatever he says. So he kind of still trying to figure out. He gets a hold of Kim. Uh and uh Oh, he just I think he just talked to her on the phone. But then uh Davey was at his house and then he seen somebody trying to um like uh somebody came to the door, was not I guess they were knocking on the door and then they were like jiggling the lock, the doorknob and everything, and then he looked around. Cause he tried to hide and then he saw them uh, walking past the windows. Uh, it was, um, did they bust through the window? Yeah. The, the big guy, um, he came yeah, I was like, I was like, calm down Terminator. He's like <laughs> punching, punching through doors, unlock it. And I'm like, gosh. Yeah. He came crashing through and, um, it was a big white guy and a Mexican dude. Um, and these are the, these two actors were like, uh, Hey, it's those guys. Uh, Cause yeah. they've been, they've been in a, ton of movies uh elroy casados he was alvarez and i think tim rosovich was heverman i think that was his name um let me see really quick yeah that was him tim rosovich he was uh the big guy i think haverman and he was running around in a sweatsuit and the other dude was in just some crazy jacket and whatever but so they were uh, trying to get in and get Davy, and then Davy got the hell out of Dodge and took off. How did he get out? I don't. He ran up to the room, his room, and he went out the window. Hmm. That's right. So he got away, and then I think, I think- oh, he he went back to uh, um, Morris's and was yeah. trying to, t- and that's when he showed him the tape. Um, and then he was like, he goes, yeah, this, this is the, the tape that they, that that guy gave me. And he was looking at it and he goes, this is, this is like a cloak and dagger tape. And then he goes, well, he goes, I think there's secret plans or whatever. So he's like, oh, well, let's take a look. So he, he opens up the cartridge and then he's like, wow. He goes, this isn't supposed to be there. And he goes, whoever knew, whoever did this knew what they were doing. He goes, see this microchip that's not supposed to be there and this and that. And then he goes, so he, he put it back together, stuck it in there and started playing. Cause then that's when Davey told him, look, you're supposed to get to 1 million and whatever, whatever. So he's like, all right. So, um, Davey was like, well, I need to call Kim. So he calls Kim, uh, and, uh, someone answers the phone and it was, uh, it was that Dr. Rice guy. And then he goes, and he goes, Hey, well, if you want, if you want to see your friend alive, you better come meet us downtown at wherever so davy's like oh man he goes and he basically don't 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 tell anybody your friend's dead 
So I was like, all right. So he kind of tells Morris. Morris goes, well, I'm gonna. He's too busy. He's all into the game, trying to figure out to uh, get to that score. So Davey's like, ah, oh, man. So he kind of walks around, and then Jack is uh, appears and starts talking to him. He's like, hey, man, you can't go down there alone because we need to find some kind of weapons or something. And and he goes, well, uh, what are we gonna do? And then that's when Jack picked up. Uh, one of the the brand new cartridges uh, of the cloak and dagger and threw it at him. Was here and take this and it'll uh, just act like you're giving it to them. So, all right, right there, really quick. Jack's there. Jack picks up the cartridges and throws it to Davy. So was this all in just Davy's head? And he walked over there and picked it up. I know. Uh, I'm not I'm analyzing this too much. But. Well, I kind of did too because kind of fast forwarding to to something that Jack said in the later on in the movie that he was his dad's imaginary friend and they used to play cowboys and Indians. He so was? maybe that's that's what he kind of mentioned like your dad your dad used to like to play with me and then he stopped or he said something like that like close to the end. Oh, I I don't remember that part but I thought I thought the the reason why Jack looked like his dad is because he wanted he looked up to his dad because mm-hmm. uh, we all look up to our dads and everything so I thought he just wanted that connection with his dad but his dad was too busy working and he just that's why his uh his imaginary friend looked like his dad that's what I figured yeah, his dad was too busy paying for all those board games and video games Davey I know. Shit. <laughs> um, so Davy goes downtown uh, to wherever to the river walk and uh he meets up um with uh Dr. Rice and he's like, Hey and he goes, Well, all right, uh where's the cartridge? And he Davy tries to get all rough and raw with him. He's like, Hey, well here it is and he, and then he starts to go torn with what you take another step, you're going to be swimming for it. Because he kind of held it over like he was going to drop it down the, this little cliff into the water. And then Dr. Rice looks up to the guys and kind of gives them a nod. And they come walking over with Kim. Um, I don't know. Either that guy was uh, super strong. Because Kim didn't look like that big. She might have weighed maybe 70 pounds, if that. And uh, he held her over. Straight armed. Right over the, the that high cliff, um, I I don't think they had any kind of harness around her or anything. Nope. And and erased the the cables. He just must physically held her over that cliff. And he goes, well, "If you drop her again, you're going to drop. If you drop the cartridge, we're we're going to drop her." So he goes, "Well." Let her go, and then I'll give it to you. So he kind of nods to them, and they let her go. She comes running down the stairs, and uh, he's getting ready to uh, give him uh, the cartridge. But then he kind of, like, lunges at Davy, and then Davy goes, freeze, turkey. He holds up his gun. And I, I like what he says right here. He goes, do yourself a favor and don't follow us, uh, trying to talk all rough and tough. <laughs> but that guy tries to lunge at him, and Davy uh, uh, pulls a trigger and he filled it up with like red ink and uh, it squirted him in the face. And then they started running. And uh, the, uh, Dr. Rice picks up that card, just looks at it, flips it over. And this was a, this is another thing that, that kind of bugged me. 
when he flips over, it's got this big, huge sticker on the cartridge. Uh, Morris's video games or whatever the that store was called. And they go, this is the wrong cartridge. And then that's when they all go running after him. Um. So, all right, this is why I, this is what I think. <laughs> so does he open all the packages just to put that sticker on each cartridge? Yes. Because <laughs> obviously he has a lot of time. Yeah. He doesn't even, he doesn't even sit outside of his store. He sits in the back. <laughs> on his computer. Yeah. And then he was sitting back there playing cloak and dagger when Davey left. Cause I remember when somebody came, he goes, I'll be there in a second. <laughs> All right. So they're running around trying to chase Davey. Uh, Dr. Rice, he he doesn't go running after him. Um, Alvarez and Harriman go chasing um, Davey. And Kim just took off. I think he told her to leave. And um, they, were, they were chasing Davey uh, down the river walk. Uh, I love when they jump in that boat. And uh, Davey get, gets on first. And then the the other two henchmen guys try to get on, but then that guy stops him. Hey, there's no more room. Just wait for the next one. And then somebody just at the right time goes, "Hey, where's my my wallet or whatever?" And I had it was just here. Well, let's go back and look. So some people get off the boat, and then those two guys get back on. Obviously, there was a ton of room on this boat because they're jumping around uh, from seat to seat uh, on this little boat. <laughs> so. They're they're getting ready. Uh, they're looking at Davy, and he's smiling. And Davy's kind of like, well, "What am I gonna do?" And then the Alvaro Haverman kind of jumps up and to distract uh, everybody. He points down the engine, fire! And then everybody stands up to look. And then Alvarez pulls out a switchblade and tries to stab Davy. But as as that happens, this little boat, little paddle boat, comes uh, riding by, and Davy jumps off. Um, there's those boats where you use your pedal pedal boat. Yeah. He jumps on that and then runs and he jumps onto the sidewalk and, and goes hauling ass. They were about to knife this kid in broad daylight. <laughs> yeah. In front of all those witnesses. Um, but then I was thinking, well, I think if they would have killed him, then they wouldn't have knew where the cartridge was. Well, I guess they did find out Cause when, when that Dr. Rice flipped it over and saw that sticker, so while Alvarez and Haverman were running after Davy, Rice went to uh, to Morris's, and that's when Morris. We go back to Morris. He's still playing the the game, and he gets to that score, the one million three hundred and whatever thousand. And then all of a sudden, it goes, and then there's a warning. This is uh, military secrets, and don't go anywhere any further, or whatever it said on, on the screen. And then he opens it all up, and it turns out to be. A um, like it gets uh, like plans for this uh, invisible jet. Yeah, it's the, stealth bomber. That big black jet that uh, they don't use anymore. <laughs> uh, it was it was big in the eighties. I mean, because I I just thought that jet was awesome. If you guys saw that movie Daryl, it's that big jet that he stole. Did you see that one? The the kid. Yeah, Daryl. Yeah, something android. Some some. Whatever yeah, that, his name is. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Right. D A R Y N. Data Android. Oh, I got to look it up. Youth Life Form. I remember that. 
I think it was data robot. I don't know. I just remember youth life form at the end. You guys saw that movie. It was pretty good. I liked it. Um, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. So, but um, Morris opens. He he gets the code, and, we, and then this is when we see the 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 plans for that stealth jet. And then uh, somebody comes. Uh, you hear the, the the buzzer go off, and Morris is like, "Hey, I'll be there in a second. And then he's too busy looking at the screen. And then if, uh, you you see a glare for, from the TV screen or his computer screen. And he goes, hey, I told you I'd be right there. He turned around and he gets shot in the face or in the eye. <laughs> yeah, puts one in his eye, listeners. This is a child's PG movie. It goes through his eye and out the back of his head and then shoots into the 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 computer screen. <laughs> so um, they, they didn't show it come out of the back of his head, but that's that's what happened. So Morris is dead. Uh, Kim's at home. Uh, Davy's still running for his life. Um, no, Kim didn't go home. She she ended up going back to Morris's because then when Davy went back there, he uh, he comes walking in and, and Kim's looking uh, at the computer screen. She goes, "Look, look is is he dead?" And Davy's like, "No, shut up. He's not. He's he's all right." So. Uh, yeah, I know this is the scene when he was when Jack was or Davy was walking through the mall talking to Jack, and everybody was looking and Davy was talking to himself. So, um, after after Morris's, where where did he go? Did he? Uh, go? I know they got on the bus, and he noticed that they were uh, following them. So he told her to stay on the bus, and that's when he pulled that maneuver. Tell the bus driver he's getting sick. And he's about to throw up. Oh, that's right. Which kind of felt like the bus driver when he let him out. He didn't really stop the bus because he kind of just ran out. He just opened the door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because then he goes running off. Um. Did they, I think they did they grab him? I I think they. No, 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 no. He, um. Shit, I forgot. I think, because I remember he didn't, he didn't get captured in, until after the Alamo deal. Yeah. Because he was listening to them and he found out that, um, Dr. Rice and his two henchmen that were saying, yeah, we're, we got to give this tape, uh, to these two people. We had to go meet them at the Alamo. Yeah. A lady, a lady with uh, three fingers. Yeah. Well, at that time we didn't know. He just said, "Yeah," and they go, well, "Who's it look like?" Oh, they go, "Like, goes, I don't know. All I know is one of them's missing some fingers." So, but there's this older couple uh, walking around, uh, Eunice and George, and uh, they see them at, at the uh, the Alamo, and Davy's uh, running around in there too, and then um, uh, they'd seen him on the boat first. Yeah. Cause that's right. Cause they were talking. Cause when they were, when, when they were on the boat, they go, what, what are you doing? He goes, Oh, see those guys right there. They're, they're after me. Yeah. He tried to explain to them what there was, what was going on. And the old lady was like, I don't think so. I think they're just a couple of perverts. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I know that they, they were at the Alamo and then, um, the, uh, 
the Dr. Rice, because uh, he had he got the after he killed Morris, he took the, the real cartridge. And that's when he was supposed to take it to to the Alamo to give it to whoever. At that point, he didn't know who. But uh, he he does meet up. Uh, uh, he's got it in like a camera case. And uh, so um, Davey is telling he runs into the um, older couple again. And Davey's telling him, yeah, that guy's got a this uh, my cartridge in there. And it's got some secret military stuff on. It. I don't know why he just kept telling random strangers uh, what he was doing. <laughs> but um the that uh George kind of goes up to him cuz their camera bags look identical. So you, you we see them off to, in the background. Well, first um uh, the Alamo was closing and then um the the cuz uh, Dr. Rice he went in there and just dropped off the 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 bag that had the cartridge in it. And then he was trying to leave, but then someone was saying, I can't remember uh, how the cause security went, hey, is this your bag? And then he kind of just nods, and then he goes back and gets it. But then um, that's when George walks up to him. And you see them talking, but we don't know what they're saying. And then he comes walking back. Davy's in the car with uh, Eunice because she goes, yeah, just come with us, and we'll give you a ride home. But he's like, oh man, he goes, he, he's leaving. He's got the he's got the bag with the secret cartridge in it. And then George gets back in the car and goes, Well, he goes, Here, here you go. He goes, It better be I don't know what's in there, but it better be uh worth something. I just handed him my camera. So Davey opens it up and it and it's got the cartridge in it. And he goes, Oh, you got it. And he's like, Oh, cool. And he goes, well, what's, he goes what's so special about it? You know, oh, there's secret uh military stuffs in, in this. And then the the lady is like, oh, can I see it? And he goes, yeah, here. So he hands it to her, and she pulls off her glove. And then when her hand comes out, she's missing uh, two fingers. And then Davey heard them, Dr. Rice and those guys talking about somebody with uh, missing fingers. And he looks at her and realizes that these are the spies that, that, that needed to get that tape. And then she's dumping chloroform or whatever onto a, a little hanky and then knocks him out. And then Davy finally he Davy wakes up and he's in the trunk uh, of a car, and then he's like he doesn't know what's happening he doesn't know where he's at and then um, Jack's in there with him because they're like they're both jammed in there of course Jack is in Davy's mind <laughs> so so yeah, what's his name's in there too yeah. Marlo oh that's right Morris yeah he was yeah, in Morris there. yeah um. First of all, there shouldn't have been no light in there, but uh, all right, <laughs> they were should have been pitch, pretty much pitch black. Uh, but he rolls over and sees Morris there, and, and we see Morris laying there dead. Still has his glasses on too, with a big hole in it, and, and they're all bloody. So they uh, kick out the back seat, and then they they kind of jump into the car. Um, it was uh, Doctor Rice's car, and for some reason he left the keys in it. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, the, 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 the trunk was still open. Um, no, 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 Uh, the, I think Dr. Rice opened up the trunk. Yeah. They, it, before, before he got out, they opened up the trunk. He was pretending to still be knocked out. Yeah. And basically the the two other guys were like 
should we kill him here? Should we, or should we wait till we get to the desert? So they they were going to kill this kid. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's when he got out and he started the car and does not know how to drive it. And he's just putting it in whatever gear he can. Uh, And this is a big Cadillac uh, that he's driving. If you guys ever driven one of those, those are big giant boats. Uh, Especially the hood is huge. (laughs) So, and I don't know how tall uh, Davey is, but he can like barely see over the, the the dashboard. But yeah, he's just throwing it in gear and, and stepping on the gas. And then they kept crashing into cars, sideswiping everything. Uh, the two henchmen guys are shooting uh, at him uh, at the car. But Dr. Rice, don't shoot at my car. I don't know why not. It's already all banged up. <laughs> <laughs> everything from Davey crashing it all over the place. So, but they finally get out of the... Um, out of the garage where did he go did he just keep driving or yeah he kept driving until he, oh, no, he crashed the, yeah around the corner yeah that's right he got around the corner and <laughs> crashed it into this construction site that's when they, they came running over and saw that he was gone so they were like all right well what are we gonna do and um there was he was davy was trying to get a hold of his dad but he, he just couldn't get a hold of him so um I think he called Kim and uh, yeah, cause I was all right. Yeah. Because um, Davey heard that uh, George and Eunice were going to fly out at midnight to uh, Mexico city or something like that. And they, they, he knew what time they were leaving. He just didn't know what flight. So he kind of told Kim, all right, kid, get to the airport and, and try to stop them. Yeah, uh, use, your, use your bus pass. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like already late. And here's this little maybe 10, 11 year old girl riding the bus in the middle of the night. And uh, I don't know where her mom was because her mom just must have not gave a fuck. <laughs> so was at work. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Davey's. Um, those guys are still after him because he's. Uh, he was he's running around with Jack talking to him and like, all right, man, this is what we got to do. And that's when Davey tried to call his dad uh, on the phone. They were standing in a, in a phone booth. And then here came this van with uh, the henchman and Kim driving after uh, Davey. And then Jack pulls Davey out of the phone booth really quick and they go crashing into that. So, um, oh, I think Rice was with them, too. So they go. um uh, they're running around on foot. Uh, they they go go back to the Riverwalk area. Well, the big guy kills himself. How did he die when he crashed? Yeah, he he went through the windshield. Oh, that's right. Yeah, for some reason, I don't know why he crashed like that. But <laughs> yeah. where you see boy boys and girls, and so yeah, the big that big guy was dead, and uh, it was just the Mexican dude and Doctor Rice. So they're Davy's running around. Jack's talking to him. Hey man, we got to do the uh, let's do what uh, we got to do the crossfire. And they're like, well, what's that? And he goes, they, they called it the crossfire gambit. He goes, let one of them walk past while the other one's there. You run out in between them, and they're gonna shoot each other. So Davy runs and hides in this dark part of a uh, under under this bridge, and it uh, must have been pitch black because that guy didn't see him. But that Mexican dude, like he heard something, and then a rat came walking out, and then he he shot it with his little his gun because he got a silencer on it. Okay, nitpick. 
he was able to hit a small moving target dead on with one shot. But he's missing Davy <laughs> throughout this entire movie. He can't hit him not one time. Yeah, they shot at, at him like uh, at least a few clips. <laughs> every time they were chasing him, they were shooting at him. Because I remember <laughs> watching this, as soon as he hit that rat with one shot, I'm like, okay, now you can shoot all of a sudden. <laughs> so the Mexican guy goes back uh, or past Davey, and here comes Dr. Rice. Dr. Rice has already got like a little Mac 10 with a silencer on it. Yeah, he pulled out the heavy stuff out of the, the briefcase. Yeah, so Davey runs out and uh, gets uh, Dr. Rice's attention. Uh, he said something stupid, like, hey, can't you shoot straight or whatever? And then uh, Dr. Rice just unloads, and then Davey dives out of the way. And then um, I think his name was Al- yeah, Alvarez. He he gets riddled up with bullets. And then uh, she's like, ah, so he goes running off, and so Davey goes uh, hauling ass, too. And, and uh, Jack is running along with him. Um as uh, Davy's running, he Jack is telling, him, "Look, man, here's a gun. Grab it, take it." And then he's like, "No, no, I, I don't want to take that." And he goes, "Come on, you need it. Get it." So Davy grabs that uh, Alvarez's gun, and then he goes running off. And uh, as they're running down the the river walk, uh, that um, Jack kind of like, "Don't go that way. It's a dead end." But Davy was too far ahead. So Rice is chasing after him. He he runs down the down the stairs and then he's running along the river and then he comes to a dead end. And he's like, oh, man, what, what am I going to do? And here comes Dr. Rice and he walks over to him because there's nowhere for uh, David to run. There's a big old wall. Or he could jump into the water and, and swim to safety. But I guess he didn't want to do that. I would have dove in that water and swam across the other <laughs> side or something. But um, so here comes uh, Doctor Doctor Rice, and then he goes into telling him, and then uh, Davy's got his gun. He goes, "Look, I don't, I don't, I don't want to kill you." And he goes, "What are you gonna just shoot me again with red ink?" And he goes, "No, this is a real gun." He goes, "I don't want to shoot you. I don't want to shoot you." But um. Because Jack was like, "Come on, man, you, you got to do it. You mean you you, you got to kill this guy? You, he and 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 save the world." So Davy's like, "No, no, I can't do it. I can't do it." And uh, this this stuff that Doctor Rice said to Davy was pretty cold because <laughs> he he told him um to, that he had put uh, something in um uh I assume around Kim we didn't at this point we didn't know what it was he was like saying there's some explosives and uh at midnight your friend's gonna be dead or or no he, he, he goes when, when when the clock hits midnight or whatever uh your friend's gonna have a uh short and loud death <laughs> and then he was like oh my god so he was thinking about Kim and then he starts telling him he goes well I'm not gonna kill you right away first I'm gonna shoot you shoot your kneecaps off and then while you're laying there begging to die, he goes, I won't do it. <laughs> I'm just going to let you uh, bleed out and die. And then Jamie's like looking at him like, I don't want to shoot you. I don't want to shoot you. And then he goes, but I want to shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is a kid movie, everyone. <laughs> so 
Davy's like, no. But then Jack's like, come on, man, just shoot him, just shoot him. And uh, Davy's like, I can't, I can't. And then Davy's looking off to his right, um, talking to Jack. And then Dr. Rice is like, what's going on? And then we see Jack standing over. He kind of takes off his beret, like, come on, come on, shoot me right here, shoot it right here. And then the Dr. Rice is looking at Davy. Then he's looking over to his left to obviously nothing, just a, just a wall. And then Dr. Rice is unsure what's going on. So he turns to his left and just unloads into the wall. But we we see it hit um, Jack. And then Jack kind of falls down. Why did he shoot the wall? I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he was just trying to be safe. Maybe something was over there. But yeah, he shot a wall and there was like nothing around it. But all right. So when... When Dr. Rice shoots and, and hits uh, Jack, because that's what Davy sees, he goes, no, and then he just uh, fires a couple rounds. I think he just shot him once, uh, hit Dr. Rice, and then he psh, goes falls, falls into the water, and he's dead. So he drops the gun and run, runs over to Jack. Jack's laying there like, oh, man. He goes, I'm all right, man. We'll, we'll be all right. Just give me a minute. And he tries to get up, and then he kind of falls back down and, uh, he see the blood. Blood starts coming out of, out of his bullet holes, and he kind of tells, "Hey, man, it was it was good uh, while it lasted, and uh, don't worry about it, man. I'll be all right." And then Davy's crying, and he's like, "Come on, you got to get to the get to the airport, to save Kim uh, before uh, the bomb blows up." And then uh, then just Jack just kind of disappears. All right. Uh, I don't know how far the airport is from this downtown river walk. And when Davey looked at his t- at it at the time, it was like 1145. So he went from there and jumped on the bus. No, he, he didn't jump on a bus. He he, he got a, he meets Louis Anderson first. Yeah. And then he, then he, <laughs> he jumps into a, uh, another guy's cab. And luckily that goes, ah, jump in. That's on my way home. I'll, I'll give you a ride down there. And, yeah, Davey. that was the nicest cab driver ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, but Davey, as they're driving to the airport, he goes, can you punch it, man? So that guy, all right. So he hauls ass and Davey keeps looking. Yeah, he's uh, like, you, you got it. You got it, sir. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? Um, when Kim is on the bus before she got to the airport, uh, the camera goes into her backpack and it kind of does that little x-ray type of thing. Um, Dr. Rice put like... Some some C four or something plastic explosive inside her walkie talkie, and uh, it was making that beeping constantly like an alarm sound. And I'm like, you don't hear that. <laughs> but so she ends up going to the airport, and uh, she's trying to say, yeah, she was telling the the air the information, but yeah, I'm looking for a flight, and uh, these older people are getting on it, and um, yeah, I I just need to to see them. So she kind of explained the the story to that to them, and then to, uh, talking about spies and secret plans and all that. So the, the the airport police picked her up, and they they were questioning her. All in the span of fifteen minutes, all this was going on. Mm, uh, yeah, a lot happened. <laughs> yeah. So Davy finally gets to the airport, and then uh, he's kind of like trying to get a hold of Kim. She's sitting there in the, with the police. And then she hears her name being paged over the intercom. And she goes, did he just say Kim? 
Kim Gardner, that's me. And no, then, no, don't 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 worry about that. Go on with your story. Yeah. <laughs> so Davy's like running around. He's you know, getting ready to um we see the older couple uh and they're going through security. And they made it through security. Davy tried to go through, but the security stopped him. And uh, like right before the metal detector, and he's like, "My my my parents are right there." And then he was like, "Mom, Dad, don't leave me." And then that's you. Hey, you too. And then they kind of stop and turn around and look, and they're like, "Come back over here." And then they go walking over there. Is this your son? And they go, "Do we look like we were that age to have a kid that or that?" Like him. And then he's like, that is my mom, dad. I can prove it. He's got one of my game cartridges in that bag. And then they kind of search and like, oh, okay. So they, he opens it up. The security opens up and sees it. Um, did that, that George, the older guy, he took the gun, the gun from the cop, right? Yeah. He was, he was eyeing the pistol. And as soon as he got his chance, he went for it. Yeah, because when they got to the airport, they threw all their guns away in the garbage can. <laughs> so, so yeah, he grabbed that gun, grabbed Davy, and then they took him hostage, and they got to the plane, and they just all right. Which they could have put their guns in the thing with the game, because he told when he got to the security thing, he told him he didn't want his camera to go through the the, the machine, and they, they just did it. But they opened it. Oh, okay. Remember, she opened it and she pulled out that cartridge, looked at it, and stuck it back in. And showed it. So if they would have stuck their guns in there, they would have hey, this guy got a bag full of guns. But anyway. Um, so, uh, again, this is all, all this is happening in a span of 15 minutes because the bomb was supposed to blow up at midnight. So, uh, Davy's on the plane uh, with uh, the, the older couple. And they're like, we need a pilot. Get us a pilot out here to fly us to Mexico or whatever. Uh, Davy's dad shows up with Kim's mom. And Kim's reunited with her mom. And uh, the cops are saying, well, they, they got him on the plane, a hostage. And uh, they, they need a pilot. And all right, this is something that I called bullshit on. I work at an airport, everyone, for those of you that don't know. And if there's some kind of hijacking thing going on, I don't know why the the guy that they call my uh, work part of the ground crew and they call us ramp agents. A ramp agent at this airport came walking in. They're like, hey, man, they, they need they need to know something. What do I tell them? <laughs> if it's something like this, an hostage situation, they're damn well not going to be dealing with the. Uh, the ramp agents, because I, if that was me, hell no, I would have took off and, and not been around that airplane. So you're saying this is not protocol? <laughs> no. So that made me. I, I must. Well, I I never caught that before until this last watch. But I was like, no. But um, yeah, hell no, man. If I know this, there's a hostage situation going on. I'm all right. I'm walking the other way. <laughs> oh, so. they everybody should have because for no reason when they're when they, they're taken to the kids to the plane, he uh, the old guy shoots somebody in his knee for <laughs> no reason. <laughs> that's right. And then, yeah, that's how they got away. And 
I don't know if they only just had a handful of uh, officers uh, to protect the airport, but all right. Handful of employees that worked in this airport. <laughs> That's why they're depending on the the the, the ground crew <laughs> to help. <laughs> so uh, they're on the plane. The older couple's on the plane with Davy. Uh, Davy's dad shows up. Hal. And he's like, they need a pilot. And he goes, I, I, I'm in the Air Force. I mean, I, I can do it. And and they, he just like, uh, well, what, well, I don't know, man. It's kind of risky. So he like just grabs a hat off of one of the pilots that are standing right there. And then he goes out and uh, gets onto the plane. And there's one of those big giant uh, jetliners. So he he gets on. Well, I'm the pilot. So okay, well, come on, get us out of here. Again, all this is going on within 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, Davey's sitting in the back of the plane because they made him go sit down. He gets, um, he has the walkie-talkie that Kim had. He opens it up and sees the plastic explosive in there. And he's trying to um, tell the, the couple, like, hey, there's a, he kept trying to say there's a bomb in this thing, but they weren't listening. So um, uh, when, uh, Davy's dad got on the plane and started turning on the APU and got the engines going and they started taxiing. So there, they were kind of like, well, come on, get us up in the air. And Davy's their dad, his dad was like, that's pretty much all I know how to do <laughs> to start the engine and get this thing running. He's, he's not a pilot. <laughs> he only do it to try to save his son. Cause he does get on the, uh, on the intercom and goes, Hey, uh, attention, uh, Davey, this is Jack Flack. Uh, come up to the, to the cockpit. And then Davey like, cause, cause they, he didn't want to leave until he goes, well, I want to make sure the boy's okay. And that's when he told him to get up there. So Davey goes running up there. Um, but then that's when the older lady sees that there's a bomb in that, uh, walkie talkie that the Davey had. So she starts screaming, George, George, get back here. So as he goes back there, Davy runs in to the cockpit and they, they they lock the door. And then she's like, here, disarm it. And then we're coming down to seconds uh, with the with the bomb. And then um, Davy and his dad are in the cockpit. Davy's dad opens up the, the, the pilot window and then has had Davy hanging out of it. I don't know what kind of plane this is, but if it's the plane like ours, I don't care who you are. That's still a long drop from the pilot window to the ground and almost getting avoid getting run over by the plane because <laughs> the plane is taxiing down, down the taxiway. And then uh, it, uh, Davy's dad hangs him out of the window and drops him out. But he does the, the tuck and roll and rolls out of the way so he doesn't get run over. So Davy like dad, and he's going as the plane's just going running down the, the the runway, and then we we see the older couple and the clock's coming down too. And once the, the clock hits zero, the the plane blows up, and Davy's screaming, "Dad, dad!" He's crying, and then he's looking over at the big smoke and fire and everything of it because the plane blew up, and then we see a silhouette of Jack walking. Because he's got his his beret on and everything, he's looking at him like Jack. But then he looks again, and it's his dad. So I assume his dad dove out of the window as well before the bomb blew up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, 
Hal Osborne, aka Jack Flack, saves the day because they kind of hug each other and oh dad, I love you, and this and that, and, and then that's your movie. <laughs> for for all of the, the the goofiness in this, I still love this movie. It's still an amazing film. I I, I can watch this from time to time, but Again, it's different times, everybody. <laughs> no, I don't know how they make these films. I mean, any, anything goes in the 80s. So, but <laughs> I still love this movie. It made uh, 9.7 million in, in, the, in the box office. I don't know how much it cost to, to make, but I'm sure it was maybe not quite $9 million. But uh, nah. I still love this movie. I think this movie is awesome <laughs> for all the death and destruction that was in it. And uh, it was. It's still a good movie. I, I still. It still holds up to today in twenty twenty one. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think that's why it. What made it good was you're not just nowadays. You're not used to seeing that kind of movie. Like maybe, maybe it's a little realistic. I mean, maybe they got to you know in the, in a situation like this, uh, you know, got to take a kid out. So. Yeah, but I love this movie. It's uh, Disney Plus, Peacock, whatever you got, it's on there. If you and if you haven't seen it in a while, definitely watch it. Or if you haven't seen it uh, at all, and you listen to the whole uh, review that we did, I mean, it's still a good movie. I mean, yeah, we spoiled the hell out of it, but it's 1984. You guys should have seen it by then, by now. But. <laughs> all right, Bri, that was my pick. What do we got next? All right, my pick is streaming on Stars, and it's 1992's Gladiator, starring Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh. <laughs> Not that Gladiator. <laughs> That's the first thing that popped in my head. Not that one, the boxing movie, the underground boxing movie. Oh, man, I've, I've seen that once. When did it come out? 1992. Oh, that's when I saw it then. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I didn't see it. I don't know if it was in a the theater. I saw it when it was on, the, when it did its cable run. Yeah, because I remember watching uh, Cuba. Because I remember the trailer. I actually do remember a trailer from, from back then. Cuba does like a backflip or something after winning a fight. And he came out on Arsenio and he did the backflip because I guess people were saying that wasn't him. So. <laughs> Uh, that's how old I am. I remember the Arsenio Hall show. Didn't he? Didn't he come back with another show for a minute? Yeah, for probably exactly a minute. Yeah, it didn't last very long. Um. All right, everyone. Yeah, come back next week for Gladiator. But um, again, this one's on Peacock or Disney Plus. Check out a uh, Cloak and Dagger if you haven't seen it. Um, we just got a new uh, e-society that, that I just put up uh, today. We're, we're recording this on Monday night. Um, yeah, so go back and listen to our episode if you haven't heard it yet. It's three hours long because we had a ton of TV. Uh, <laughs> we also go over a couple new movies and everything else we do on the show. So, but yeah, that's uh, that's about as much as we got over on the Skaterness Podcast Network. So. Definitely uh, go check that out and uh, come back next week when we talk about Gladiator. So, till then, everyone, just be safe out there and party on.
Yeah, when you hear this, we'll have our new episode of The Horror Returns out. We talk about the new movie Spiral in 2011's Vile. It is one of them torture porn movies, which uh, was directed by Taylor Sheridan, which is weird because I checked out that uh, that new Angelina Jolie movie and it's directed by him also. So coincidence and uh what action returns we've got the new tom clancy without remorse and got plenty more coming just uh check out all our uh, social media accounts all the facebook twitter instagram everything keep updated on that and until next time everybody stay safe